tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If it's your first time listening, we want to thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download our previous episode with Emmy storm chaser, Jeff Petrowski. Uh, however, this is episode 43, which is actually, this is the last of 2017 in season 2.0. So this is, this is the hate. This is our swan song for 2017. Um, but anyway, our guest tonight uh, is Storm Chaser and co-star of the Tornado Hunters TV series. Greg Johnson is with us tonight. Uh, we'll also be discussing if having free public access to weather data is really a good idea if having uh, all these doomsday and hype social media forecasters using it. Uh, but we'll also finish the year and the show with our iconic weather fools and recommended WX resources. And I'll tell you this, you're definitely going to want to subscribe to our show on your podcast app of choice because coming up here is season 3.0 on our next episode and Ginger Z is coming up next as well. So you want to make sure you uh, subscribe and get all these shows the minute they come out. You just got to hit your subscribe button and uh, you'll get that latest episode downloaded automatically to your podcast app so it will immediately be available when it's released. And if, if you have listened to our show before, one of the ways we introduce all of our co-hosts, and in this case, uh, sometimes our guests, is we uh, it's happy hour, right? And it's obviously the holidays, so we're right between Christmas and New Year's. What better time to find out what everybody's drinking tonight? So Dina's in Atlanta as well, where I'm sure it's a balmy <laughs> something. Well, it says it's 40, but I should always check. I've got my weather station, but it's downstairs. All right, so somebody gave me this for Christmas. It was like a wine exchange, nice. and it's called Ugly Sweater. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not bad. It's a red blend. Um, it's not bad. I just opened it for the show. So, um, you know, I'm trying it out. It's not bad. I hope it, yeah, I was going to say, I hope it tastes better than the name because the name yeah. doesn't. It's a fun name, but I don't know if it's real It's a fun name. I thought it was cute for the show. Interesting. Yeah, we're ugly right. uh, Mr. Chris Sanner uh, is back on the show with us tonight from Oklahoma City. Chris, what, what are you uh, sharing tonight? Uh, well, I've got this lovely green tea right here to match the fact that it's just cold as all get out. And, of course, my sports drink water with electrolytes to make sure I'm properly hydrated to refresh after a great workout. You are so healthy conscious. It's killing oh me. Oh my God, that is lame. Does he ever lame. drink? <laughs> <laughs> right, so what you, so what, you say yes. it's bitterly cold. What, what is it in Oklahoma City right now? Uh, we are making it just past 36 degrees. This is oh actually this is actually in terms of uh, highs below 40, probably the longest stretch we've had in two two winters. So it feels cold, even though we've had winters this bad yeah, before. That's, that's not too bad. Not too bad. So I'm I'm actually up in uh, Balmy, Minnesota, for the holidays uh, visiting. Oh, I like family. that tree. 
Yeah, it's not mine. Uh, that's probably why you like it so much. It's, it's my, my sister and brother-in-law were kind enough to share their bandwidth with me uh, tonight while I was up here. But we, we are at a beautiful, I'm, I'm looking at their uh, weather station right now. It was five. It's actually gone up to six since the start of the show. So it is, I'm, I'm, as soon as we're done, I think I'm going to get my swimsuit on and oh my go God, out. get some shorts on. Your speedo. Okay. I think we will. Kim, Kim's okay, back yeah. on with us. In Atlanta, so. I'm sorry. I don't know what, what happened. Okay. All right. So first of all, let me tell you about a pudding shot. And Dina knows about these. Um, <laughs> shots before. Those this are good. Like, it's like a Jello shot, but it's actually pudding. Oh, and it gosh. has. And this is a. Um, this is a, a cheesecake, a raspberry cheesecake pudding shot. So it's the same idea. You just kind of. They're really creamy. Oh my, it's like mousse. It's like, did you yeah, make it? Did you make I that? I did. I did. Wow. And it's basically, it's got, um, it's got um, raspberry schnapps and vodka and whipped cream and pudding mix all mixed together and then frozen. Then you just kind of eat it. Oh my God. Awesome. They're really going amazing. <laughs> that go is along amazing. with that, I have an IPA. Of course. Go, go figure. And this is um, <laughs> right down the street from me. This is Barton Hickory Brewery. It's called um, Cannon Dragger. I don't know if you could see a picture of this. Hmm. Kind of a cool. Uh, looks like a, a soldier from the Civil War on there. So anyway, it's really good. And uh, so I'm having a good time down here. It looks that way. Cheers. Well, good for Cheers. you. And, and I didn't share with you guys what I'm drinking. So I said I'm in Minnesota. I am drinking a Venture Pills from Bent Paddle Brewing Company in the home of my alma mater, Duluth, Minnesota, since I'm oh, up in Minnesota. Oh, gosh. And, and this thing is freezing cold, so it's perfect <laughs> yeah. for where we're at. And then I'm going to find out our, our guest is uh, joining us with Happy Hour tonight as well. Greg, this is not your formal introduction, but uh, what are you drinking? Well, in honor of being Canadian and being the Canadian guest, I'm drinking yeah. Canadian whiskey. Oh, so I got I, I, wow. I got some Crown Royal on ice, and of course, uh, of course because it's like minus forty, minus oh fifty. That, yeah, it's like human antifreeze. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 the thing is, when we're up here, when it gets that cold, uh, like we hibernate. That's all that happens. We're just hibernating. So everyone's been stuck in the same house. Uh, for like four days now, and nobody goes anywhere. Nobody does anything. It's, except sit here and drink. Yeah. Hopefully you've got good TV. You know, it's funny. That, <laughs> which is why I think in, in Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, where I've, I've spent a lot of my life in those two states, uh, it's one of those things where there's a bar at an, or a liquor store. <laughs> there's like two or three at every corner. So yeah. there's always... Yeah. Three, like two bars, a liquor store, and then a gas station at every corner. <laughs> yeah. Every out. small town. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. you know, Cincinnati's the same way, but there's a church in between it, a Catholic That's church. That's true. That's oh, that's right. true. Yep. That's right. Somebody, right. Some, somebody should explain to Sander what it is we're talking about. That's true. <laughs> you know, I, I'm try, I was thinking, I was like, who, who let this guy on the show anyway? I don't remember what. I'm kidding. Chris, I am a great segue because I'm going to turn it over to you to uh, give him a formal introduction. Okay, well, tonight our guest is Greg Johnson, Storm Chaser, and star of the Tornado Hunters TV series. Greg Johnson is one of America's top professional storm chasers and severe weather experts, and is also an accomplished photographer, speaker, and workshop leader, having graduated from Canada's renowned Acadia University. 
With over 10 years of experience, Johnson enjoys chasing classic prairie and lightning storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, blizzards, and plans to continue traveling the world year-round to satisfy his appetite for capturing extreme weather. Greg was selected as one of Canada's top 100 explorers by Canada Geographic Magazine. And to freelance on his bio a little bit, he's a fine human being, a really great photographer, and <laughs> I'd like to say he's one of my favorite followers on Twitter. So, Greg. <laughs> back at you, Sander. Back at you. <laughs> so, Greg, to awesome. get this started with the interview part of this, uh, just explain why storm chasing. There are a hundred different hobbies one could choose from or passions. What brought you to storm chasing? Well, I've always been a photographer, and when I um, moved to the Canadian prairies, like we're, if you go to Minot, North Dakota, and, and then you go about three hours north of that, that's where I live. And, and when I moved out here, I had never actually seen a real uh, honest-to-God thunderstorm any time in my life. And, uh, and then when I got to the prairies and saw my first thunderstorm, of course, I fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, I had a, a business doing wedding photography and, you know, baby photos and you know, hold on a second. I just had to get that taste out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> and when I and when I, I had this opportunity uh, back in 2010 to uh, to sell my business, and it gave me an opportunity. I basically bought a couple years of free time, and nice. uh, and I thought, you know what? What am I going to do? And and just the way things worked out, uh, my first year, uh, you know, chasing, you know, actually trying to make a living doing it uh, was 2010. It was a busy year. Uh, and then in 2011, of course, I was at Joplin and uh, Joplin was, uh, you know, for a lot of people, uh, myself included, it was a game changer and, and uh, uh, kind of took what I was doing you know, as a, as a hobby, as a way to make a few bucks, it turned it into a career and uh, just right place, right time, I guess. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So why, why did you um, go north to begin with into the prairie area? We just, you just wanted to go up there near the storms or what? Well, actually I grew up in Ontario uh, in Eastern Canada and um, uh, I moved out to the prairies for like totally unrelated reasons. I, I moved out here for, for the game of hockey Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, my uh, the the whole hockey thing lasted just uh, a few years and didn't pan out, and so I, I moved on to photography, and then uh, I guess the rest, as they say, is history. Okay, I think a lot of people think of Canada; they don't think of thunderstorms. Yeah, and you know what? We get them just the same way. I, I always say that the what you see in in uh, West Kansas, in in uh, um, you know Western Nebraska, what you see there is exactly what we get. Uh, the only difference is our our season is only about eight weeks long, and so, uh, uh, you know what? But what, when when it happens on the Canadian prairies, believe me, it's every bit as photogenic, every bit as dangerous, every bit every bit as you know everything that you would expect in Oklahoma and Kansas. The difference is it's only a few weeks long, but no state, no chaser convergence ever, ever. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, I, are road, <laughs> what are the road networks up there like? Well, that's the best part, Phil, is that, um, you know, frankly, and, and no, no offense intended to uh, the, the Western Plains, but uh, we have a better road network. Uh, hmm. We have, a, we have a, I think, a much better um, uh, uh, cell coverage. Wow. Uh, and you don't get, and, and you don't get, there's this thing that goes on, and, and uh, uh, Sandra, you'll know what I'm talking about. 
when 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 you're in a a, a real well forecast chase day on the plains, where there's uh, you know thousands of chasers all drawing bandwidth from those uh, cell towers, you literally at times can't even get onto Twitter. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and and when we come up here and when we're chasing up north, you don't get that convergence of chasers. And so pretty much anywhere we go in Western Canada, we can. Uh, we can stream, we can access uh, weather data and all that kind of stuff. So it's actually a great place to chase. Uh, but, you know, because the season's so short, some years we have incredible storm seasons and other years we we don't get much at all. Yeah, you know, the big thing with uh, chasing up there that I, I mean, you about the bandwidth, Phil, uh, Phil experienced that on May 26th this year down in southern Oklahoma. And we just had a moment there where we lost bandwidth, but... The thing I've noticed about chasing up in Canada is that they the storms up there just have the landscape. I guess is just so green during the summer is the best way to put it. So they just contrast so well photographically. Greg, what what are what's your favorite storm chase ever in Canada? Like, what is the one that tops them all? Uh, well, we had uh, we had a big year in 2012 when we had uh, I think uh, if I remember correctly. I think there was more tornadoes in 2012 in, in Saskatchewan than they had in Oklahoma in, in, in 2012. And so we had some really good uh, photogenic tornadoes where we were, you know, super close. I'm saying within 200 yards um, and, uh, and we were able to live stream them. And so it was a, an incredible experience, uh, uh, June 20, or sorry, July 24th. And that's the other thing too, we're much later in the season. So it's not like you have to make a decision whether we're going north or going south. Just, you know, that season moves north throughout the, the spring and yeah. summer. And uh, by the time July's rolled around, uh, all, all, of our, all of our American friends have run out of, run out of cash for storm chasing. And so, <laughs> you know, or there's, uh, there's, there's Roger Hills and a few of the, the tour groups that come across the border. But uh, generally, we're on our own. Hmm. So tell tell me a little bit, uh, Greg. If I think most people are starting to become more familiar with you because of the Tornado Trackers series, which now is on Netflix, and and I think people are catching that. I'm I'm seeing some people here uh, chatting in on YouTube uh, talking about that as well, and that they enjoy that. I guess give me a little background to how that came about. How'd you get that set up? Oh man, so uh, I, my I'm going to say my whole career. Uh, storm chasing has been sort of serendipity. It's all been about uh, being at the right place at the right time. In uh, in 2012, uh, we made this goofy YouTube video, and if you go to our channel, uh, you'll be able to find it. It was like a rocky uh, training montage video, right? <laughs> Early spring, and you know we did the whole you know boxing rings thing and the whole deal, and uh, we ended up getting a phone call from a couple couple production companies actually saying you know, would we be interested in filming a TV show? So in 2013, we, uh, we filmed a, a few pilot episodes. And uh, the first episode that we were filming, again, just right place, right time, uh, was El Reno. And oh, uh, wow. yeah, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we ended up getting uh, hit by the tornado at El Reno. And we were on the south side. The, the video is quite impressive there's a barn that literally explodes next to us flies over the truck and the whole thing well we have a film crew on board filming a pilot episode 
of a TV show. Oh my God. Um, I think you're going to get it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, at at that point we said, Hey, if we don't get a TV show out of this experience, there's no tornado TV show to be had because I mean, this is the largest tornado ever recorded. You know, we, you know, all the, the drama that went on and, and, you know, the, the, the real scary downside with twist X and, and, uh, uh, you know, here we have a production crew. I mean, we thought we weren't going to get it maybe because he goes, oh, whoa, whoa, hold on the a risk. second. Yeah, the risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but as it turned out, it was uh, right place at the right time. And then, uh, you know, again, right after that, uh, we're filming the first season and uh, we get the Pilger uh, twin tornadoes that you see on the screen behind oh. me. And it's uh, a great shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so at that point, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty much a done deal. And, uh, you know, we were pretty thrilled about uh, how everything went, but if any of you have had, actually had a chance to watch the show, I, the thing I'm most proud of is that it's not tornado after tornado after tornado. There's a lot of really down days. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of making the wrong decision. And, you know, mm-hmm. instead of going, North to Simla, Colorado. You know, we stayed south. The history will show that was a bad decision. So, uh, you know, so we do sh- try to show that side of it as well. Yeah, it, it was. I agree. It was Greg. It was a good, um, a good depiction of the true life of a storm chaser, which isn't always. You get to see tornadoes all the time, uh, mm-hmm. and and half the time it's at the end of the day, and you're like, God, I got to make something out of this. Damn. <laughs> Storm that's now leaving. Yeah. I got to get a lightning shot out of this or something, right? Because Greg, what <laughs> yeah, yeah. is that? Was that the most um, dangerous position you've been in? You think or have El you- Reno? Yeah. Oh, by far. I mean, I've, okay. I, I, I can honestly say I've never felt once that my life was at risk, other than in El Reno. And in El Reno, you know, not, not just that our life was at risk. I mean, I felt really stupid to be honest with you. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I think, I think anybody who was there that day who got into a nasty situation Mm kind of said to themselves, what the hell am I doing here? Like how, Mm -hmm. like how did, how did I put myself in such a bad situation? We thought that we did everything right, you know, from our having our right access uh, to, to get to the storm, to being able to exit properly. We, We thought we did everything right. And, yeah, you weren't alone on that. There were other yeah. chasers. The same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I guess and I mean the, the I the on the one side of it, there's a bit of a pride associated with, man, I've been inside the biggest tornado mm-hmm. ever recorded. Um, on the other side of it is, I got four kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right? So so how did you did you after that episode did that happen? Did you consider maybe changing careers? Or oh, that no. just one, not at all. Yeah, four no, kids. No. You know, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> oh my God! Listen, Kim, that that was uh, that was probably the the point where we went. Oh my God! I gotta I gotta get back there. You know, yeah. like that's I gotta get to that spot again. And and not not so much you know in in terms of El Reno, but but just in terms of uh, uh, the anybody who's ever gone storm chasing knows the feeling where it can be a a tube, you know, six miles in the distance in the dark that you only see when the lightning flashes, Mm -hmm. but you're like, we got it. Right. And, and I don't think, 
outside of storm chasing, I don't think anybody can appreciate what goes in. Like, you know, you spend, you drive 800 miles in one day. Yeah. So that you, so you can see this, you know, dark cloud on the horizon in, in the lightning. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's an amazing feeling. And I know the rest of the world thinks we're idiots, but that's fine. <laughs> that's got to be a weird thing, though, to come out of the gate on your pilot episode with such a huge tornado. I mean, at one point, I would think, like, you're probably thinking, well, how do I keep going from here? I mean, you can't talk. Yeah, that. my, my uh, yeah. up to that point, up to, yeah, up to that point, my favorite uh, storm chase had been uh, April 14th of, of 2012. And we were at uh, Great Bend, Kansas. And that tornado uh, was you know, I, I think photo, photogenically, you know, maybe one of the best that's ever been. Um, we followed that up in 2013 with El Reno and then 2014 we had Pilger and at the, at Pilger, you know, you, you go, okay, no, no, really. I want two of them on the ground yeah, at the same yeah. time. And yeah, that's never going to happen. And, uh, you know, just sort of see, and then 2016, I mean, Dodge city, Kansas, I don't know that it, Chris, does it get better than Dodge city, Kansas? Like, Ever? Well, I, I, I'm still bitter about that day since I was on TV duty and was not at Dodge <laughs> City. So oh. it does get better than Dodge City, Greg, because I've seen, no, I'm, I, I, <laughs> Dodge is the absolute top end of a storm chase you could have. It really is. It's like slow moving, multiple tornado after tornado, incredible. No, oh. nobody so he just rubbed killed, it in. Thanks no, you know, no injuries, no, uh, you know, no critical damage or anything. I mean, it was great. Mm-mm-mm. So so tell me, Greg, a little bit about what – so you're talking about El Reno, then you go to Pilger, Pilger, and then and now you're like, okay, so what are we doing? And I heard you mention a little bit in the TV series, because this is the truth. We talked about this on one of our episodes, is what, what do you as a storm chaser have to do to keep improving? Because the chasers are getting better, the video's getting better, the photography's getting better. Um, what's, what's your next step? of going, Hey, I got to take it up another level. What are you looking at for 2018? You know, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right about technology and stuff. I mean, I don't know that there's a whole lot more that you can do without, uh, doing, uh, Niagara falls, put yourself in a barrel and go over the falls. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, actually, actually like purposely putting yourself in danger and somebody's going to do that mm-hmm. some someday. Well, I mean, listen, I, I don't know that there's much more left out there to do other than, uh, you know, uh, getting in the right spot and 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 taking great pictures. I mean, uh, we've converted to 4K video, and uh, I think a lot of people have done that. And and you know, hopefully, uh, great streaming opportunities. But at the end of the day, uh, we really don't have anybody to impress anymore, other than you know, impressing ourselves and 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 mm-hmm. getting out there and and getting great shots. I mean, it seems like every year, no matter what happens, there's there's uh, there's wonderful shots to be had, but I don't know that there's like this new technology that's gonna you know change the world or change the game at all. But uh, still, 4K. I don't know. What about great. you, Chris? What are you gonna be doing? Uh, it's, oh, 4K would look amazing. Yeah. Actually, uh, I honestly don't have any plans to change much from last year. So I'm just I'm keeping it steady as she goes. Nothing too new. Yeah. So it's just the, as I've always said, the two things that will never change are telling good stories and showing great pictures. And if you can yeah. do both those things, you're going to be successful if you're creating content. So awesome. that's kind of the plan. That's the hope, at least. Create, keep mm-hmm. creating great stories and good visual content. And hopefully people will dig it. Sounds hopefully. like a winner. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as far as content's concerned, uh, my goal every storm chase year is to get enough photos, get enough video that I can sustain myself through December, January, and February, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and make it through to the next season with some with some uh, original content still. Good. So so tell us so where are you at with the Tornado Hunters TV series? Is that still a thing? Um, are there more than season one out there? Well, we you know what we're on Netflix now, which is exciting, and uh, there's been discussions with Netflix. Uh, but I'll put it out there publicly on your show that uh, we don't have a deal yet for for season two. So, I mean, we'll see. Don't know. Um, always keep hoping every time the phone rings that that's what it's about is uh, an opportunity for a new season. But so far, we don't have any deal. Well, hey, Netflix is growing every day. Yeah, it is. So... Yeah, I mean, and, and it, reach, it reaches a huge audience. And, and uh, you know, when we had the... The, the, on Netflix, uh, we had a good core audience, people that cared about the show, cared about us. But uh, as soon as it hit Netflix, it was really a game changer because there was this whole new group of people that um, I'm going to say weren't even Storm fans. They were just, you know, they went on Netflix and saw Trending and uh, clicked on this this goofy show about uh, idiots driving after tornadoes and uh, they, they seemed to fall in love with it. So we're, we're hopeful that there's a, a good enough audience that they're going to want another episode or another season. All right. I'll be looking for it. I'm on Netflix yeah, all the time. All right. Netflix yeah. is great though. You can see like, you don't even need regular cable or satellite. You could just get Netflix. It's great. Yeah, right. Cheap yeah. And, and, the, and the thing is, you know, in the same way that, uh, I mean, I think we all use Netflix uh, and, and YouTube the same way that things that we didn't even know we were looking for. We find things that we didn't know we we would care about. For a lot of people, that's what's happened with our show anyway. Great, good luck. Here's, here's a question for you. Since you live in Canada, has it ever happened that you were chasing a tornado that crossed into the US and you had to cross the border? <laughs> God, that would have taken forever. Yeah, <laughs> hello? It would have dissipated. <laughs> It happens all the time, actually. And uh, uh, what's really cool is that at the border, um, we, we, of course, need passports to get across. But during tornado season, especially when there's actual uh, physical tornado warnings in place, uh, border guards on both sides of the border, just they look at the vehicle that we've been through there a thousand times. And they just literally will wave oh, us through. That's oh, wow. scary too. That yeah, is scary. Yeah. God, we better not broadcast that. Yeah, let's let's I cut know. that. Let's cut that. <laughs> Have Homeland Security after us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, let me do this. Let's let's jump forward here. It's time to get to our lightning round, uh, which is our our game show of shocking questions for our guests. We always invite everybody uh, watching or listening to play along. Tonight, with our, our great Canadian storm chaser, we're going to play a little game called Guess the Canadian. Oh, or maybe, easy, or maybe easy. Guess, guess the famous Canadian. So easy. What, how we're going to handle this, so I'm going to ask uh, Greg to hide his <laughs> chat box just so that he can't see the, the chat box. But we're going to go down the line. So I've got Dina, i got Kim, and i got Chris. And I'm going to type, uh, for each of you, I'm going to type a name of a famous Canadian, and really this is, 
more famous on the American end of things, right? Because this, okay. if you lived in Canada, there'd be other famous Canadians. But these are famous Canadians in America is maybe the best way to describe it. So I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to give, I'm going to post a name. And you've got 10 seconds to try and get Greg to guess who that famous Canadian is, okay? By saying okay. what they sing, what movie they've been in, TV show they've been in, whatever, right? But you can't obviously use that name. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to do this. We're going to start with Dina. Okay. So Dina, you have got uh, 10 seconds when I post the name. And uh, Greg, you're just going to do your best to try and guess that name. I'm actually, right? I'm actually going to look off in the I'm going to look off in the distance here. I'm not even looking at the. Fair, okay. Fair enough. Ready? Here we go. Dina, name's up. Okay. Short guy. I think he's got red hair. Kind of comedian. I think that's who it is. Um, oh God, that's good. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> he was in. Time's up. Oh, I need. I need more than that, Dina. It I'm was sorry. Yeah, that was that I, was horrible. I, I was once horrible. I once had like a twenty tweet exchange with him. Okay, yeah, it was yeah. Seth, oh, wow, Seth really? Rogen. Yeah. All right, Kim. Kim, <laughs> Kim, you ready? True Here's story. I'm ready. Oh, oh you give her that one. You oh. gave me Seth Rogen. Uh, the Grinch. Um. Oh, oh. Uh, Jim Carrey. Yes. Got yeah. it. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, we got center. On this one, go. Director, uh, Titanic, Avatar. Uh, uh, Cameron. All right, we'll give it to you, James Cameron. All right, Dina, next one's up, go. Oh, The Matrix. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, good. Nice. Kim, you're up. Oh, um, Friends. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Matthew Perry. Yes. Got it, very good. Santer. Singer, he's sorry, loves uh, <laughs> loves Selena Gomez. Girls love, oh, girls uh, love him. Uh, yeah. Hockey I, player. I, I've got I've got Bieber fever. You yes. do. That's very good. You do have it. All right, Dina, you're up. Oh, um, my heart will go on. She's a singer. Celine Dion. Yeah. Bingo, you got it. Next one, Kim. Um, Saturday Night Live. Um, um, oh. Oh, who were the um the two guys on Saturday Night Live? What um oh Aerosmith came and played. Time's up. Uh -huh. Time's up. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Dang it. Uh, that's what it was. All right. Hey, my, 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 my budgies. My budgies' names are Wayne and Garth. Just oh so really? Know. Oh, God, I'm sorry. All right, Sand, we got that. two more. Sander, go. Okay, WWE superstar. Can you smell what he's cooking? The Rock. Uh, yeah. Bingo. All right, last one, Dina. Oh, um, we need warp drive right away. <laughs> <laughs> Captain of the Enterprise. Oh, James T. Kirk is uh, uh, yeah. William Shatner. Yes. You got it. I'll give it to you right at the buzzer. Right at the buzzer. Way to go. That was awesome. Well, well done there, Mr. Johnson. That's because uh, the Canadian thing is a cult and they all know each other. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. It's really weird. yeah, there's like 20 of when, them when, when I'm When I'm in OKC, somebody says, oh, you're from Canada. You know Jim? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I've been to Canada and I've seen shirts that say, hey, uh, you know, I'm from Canada. Do you know so-and-so? Like, <laughs> you're from well, the I... you know that person that lives 800 miles away from you. 
Actually, three of my cousins live in Saskatchewan. So there you go. Really? So, hey, maybe uh, yes. Greg knows them. Maybe. <laughs> Probably <laughs> does. We do know them then. <laughs> all right. Um, well, hey, so here's my question to all of our listeners, viewers. Do you guys have your storm gear for next season? Because if you don't, check out stormfrontfreaks.com for some great clothing merch. Uh, we've got T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, rain gear, all with the Stormfront Freaks podcast tornado logo. So all you got to do is go to stormfrontfreaks.com and check it out. We're going to take a short break. Our podcast listeners get to hear the latest edition of the Titans U Minute with Chris Sander. What's it about this week, Chris? Oh, we're talking 850 wins this week, actually. Ooh, cool. Nice. Okay. So stay right here. We'll be back with Greg and the co-hosts to discuss if it's really a good idea to make all the weather and model data available to the general public. And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Satter. Today, we're going to put our heads into the clouds and talk a bit about winds just above the surface in what we call the 850 millibar level. This is part of the atmosphere where what we call the low-level jet resides. And the reason for us being up here? I want to talk 850 winds and tornadoes. Honestly, 850 winds are one of the elements I think a lot of newer chasers tend to discount and overlook. But they play such an integral part in seeing conditions really ripen for tornadoes. First, there's wind speed. On the Great Plains in Tornado Alley, and let's assume that's what this whole discussion is focused on, 850 winds of anything less than 25 knots tend to be less and less conducive for tornadoes. Personally, my ears perk up at 30 or 35 knots depending on the direction. And let's talk direction. Anything west of due south on the plains is associated with fewer and fewer strong tornado events as the winds veer further to the west. Hence, the more southwest your 850 winds, the less favorable they are traditionally for tornadoes. But at south, or in an idealized world, south-southeast, it's game on. May 26, 2017 is a prime example of how important A50 winds are. On that day, we had near record instability in Oklahoma, and wind shear was more than adequate for supercells. But storms largely struggled to organize in the low levels and produce tornadoes. The reason for this? The 850 winds were both west of due south and relatively weak. As 850 winds picked up in the evening and backed further to the east, a small tornado event occurred across south central Oklahoma. For me, all things being equal, the 850 winds are the key. Hey, at Tornado Titans, we have an ambitious content plan coming into 2018. We have new Titan U courses, new episodes of Wild Weather, and more. To join in on the fun, simply visit us at TornadoTitans.com. We'll see you next time. All right, welcome back, everybody. You know, I, I wanted to make sure we gave uh, Greg an opportunity to let everyone know how they can follow him on social media or find out more about uh, the Tornado Hunters. Go ahead, Greg. Uh, well, on Instagram and Twitter, it's Tornado Greg, T-O-R-N-A-D-O Greg. And um, and uh, website is TornadoHunter.com. So really and always happy to chat with uh storm fans beautiful well we want to get into the discussion the issue here is there's never been more weather data available than there is today uh we now with the go 16 satellites and and it's just it's amazing the kind of data that is now available 
the challenge is it's available to everybody, including the general public, meaning social media has become a haven for all these doomsday and weather hype prophets. So the question is, should all of this, you know, National Weather Service and NOAA weather data and, and all these multiple weather models, should these be accessible to everyone or should that data be limited? So what do you think, Dina? Um, man, that's a tough question because in this country, we should be able to get any kind of data we want. That said, that said, you know, we're getting people on there forecasting a, um, a hurricane in 310 hours, which, you know, is ridiculous or a snowstorm two weeks out, which is just not, you just can't do. So I really don't know if I have an answer to that. Um, I mean, there are a lot of data websites um, that you do have to pay for, but I mean, that doesn't really stop you if you want to pay for it. But I mean, it that's a tough question to answer because you don't want to limit what we could do in this country, but then you get these people on here with, they, they it's amazing to me too about how people share a message. You can say like, hey, I'm not sure. This is what this model says and that's fine. But then you get people on there who act like it's total fact. You know, the fact type people like who say it like it is such a fact that it can't not be wrong. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. I don't have a problem with it, honestly. I feel like, like you, Gina, where, okay, it's, Everybody should have access to it if they want to interpret it the way they want to. That's fine. I think it's it's a responsibility of the people who are looking, who are following these people or listening to those people. If they want to listen to them, that's their prerogative. If they want to, you know, make decisions based on people that really don't know what they're doing, then that's their decision. I'm not going to tell them they can't listen to these people. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, well, you know, it's I like having access to all this if people want it. So. That's how I feel. Yeah, the big thing with me on this, this is uh, that double-edged sword of great information flow. But at the same time, I guess I'm going to pick on degreed meteorologists for a little bit because some of the greatest perpetrators of posting graphics that far out are actually people who are in media or uh, I've even seen National Weather Service guys openly speculating on Twitter, you know, models that are 300 hours out, whatever, you know, 200, whatever. So I think for meteorologists, especially those who might have a problem with this, uh, with, the, you know, small Facebook pages posting stuff and it being spread like wildfire, you've got two things you can do about it. The first one is make sure that you are accurate and really good at sharing information. And anytime something like this pops up, you address it and you move on and you say, you know, this is kind of ridiculous, whatever, you can do that. The other thing you can do for sure, in my opinion, is just realize that this data is out there, it's going to be out there. And I guess they're in a production environment. I know this happens at local TV studios, national uh, networks, et cetera. Your social media or communications director comes in and says, well, hey, everyone's talking about this snowstorm in a week. What, why aren't you talking about it? Well, then you got to figure out what the heck am I going to say because I don't want to sit here and say there's a snowstorm coming when I know that's a very irresponsible thing to do. So you've got to figure out a way to message nuance but also message well in this environment. But, I mean, it's out there. It's free. It's got to be free. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how great things happen. People with this data have created composite indices and 
model products that are just flat out amazing and they wouldn't have happened without free access to this data. Right. So that's I mean, a good point. I mean, you you I just my opinion, it's gotta be free, mm -hmm. but if there's a problem with it, it's with meteorologists needing to work with their messaging on it. But I do think some of those meteorologists, though, Chris, are not ones that care. You know, they, I mean, there are a lot of them, I think, well, not a lot of them, some of them anyway, are there for the clicks. They want, they want people to re recognize them and be retweeted and all that. So I think we could tell them, you know, you should be responsible. You should do things this way. But I don't think they really care. I don't, I don't think they care. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's just the environment it is, too. I mean, mm -hmm. as sad as it is, that's as the media a, environment. Go for it, Greg. As a, uh, as a, speaking from somebody who's a user of that information as opposed to somebody posting uh, about it, because uh, I'm not a meteorologist. I'm, I'm a guy with a camera who's trying to get close to storms. There wasn't that access out there for me to be able to follow interesting people that know what they're talking about then I would have very little access to that information. But more importantly is that I can tell very quickly. It's like getting a, a phone call from a number you don't know. I can tell very quickly with whether, whether what I'm reading about is a load of horse crap and whether it's, but you're it's from some legitimate you source. You are savvier, a user. Yeah. But some people don't know. It's like news. There's so much news out in the world, you know, and then people say, well, you don't, they're not respectable news or they're not, you know, but we don't, you don't always know. So when it comes to weather, it's the same thing. Like, how do you know Joe Schmo, you know, unless you could see right on their Twitter page that they're a degreed meteorologist, especially when they're talking like everything. Yeah, I mean, fact. even the, even the degreed meteorologists, like uh, whether it's uh broadcast Matt or whether it's somebody who, you know, working for NWS, but uh, even within that group, I, I think people can tell very quickly when somebody is, overhyping mm -hmm. uh overhyping a setup or whether they're you know being um like chris said like being responsible about it I, I think people can tell but the point taken dina about you know some people are just you know not i guess don't know enough about the game yeah mm -hmm. I'll, i will say oklahoma it's a weird market for this because we have two former tv meteorologists degreed meteorologists who are the absolute worst offenders of doing this stuff you know seeing something uh we had one guy from uh a, a former uh matt uh, who basically i guess this was over thanksgiving it was like 10 days prior to something and the GFS threw out one run of like 30 inches of snow from Kansas to Oklahoma in late November, which by the way, has never actually happened in real life ever. So that's one really good reason to discount the model run, but basically ended up getting like six or 7,000 shares through the state into a panic. And because people legit thought there was a major blizzard coming, even though every other model had us in the seventies and eighties for oh, highs man. that day. So uh, so you can picture the the problem with me with this in terms of a weather messaging standpoint is, well, they said there was going to be a blizzard here at Thanksgiving. Look at this great weather we have. And that's a problem because people who aren't savvy aren't going to then trust the message when there's a major tornado outbreak coming today. Ah, right. you said blizzard on Thanksgiving. I don't care. And then 100 people die in a place like Joplin and you wonder what the heck happened. So, I mean, it's a, it's an important problem, but I think it's... Uh, it's one of those things. It is what it is too. At the same time, you just gotta, I think education has got to be at the forefront of it. I mean, that's why I'm doing Titan U stuff, not to be self-promoting, but that's one of the reasons why we do, why we have a course on information flow and figuring that out.
just to, I mean, that's just important. People have to learn that skill because apparently we're not being taught that in school, how to digest information and figure out what's credible and not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think yeah. these the offenders um, also probably think, well, people don't, they forgive us if we're wrong anyway, you know, kind of what you were saying, Chris, where, you know, you cry wolf a lot, then they won't trust you, won't believe you at the time it's really true. Well, sometimes that happens even to the best of us where, you know, your forecast is wrong and people, you know, like happened in Atlanta with the snowstorm we just had. And so I think there is some forgiveness that happens with people. They, they kind of forget or they, you know, like, oh, they're, they're only right half the time anyway. So I think they kind of fall on that too. It's like, well, you know, we'll put it out there. They'll forgive us if we're not right anyway. So we had, we had one of our, our viewers on YouTube uh, chatted in uh, it's, it's Chris from Germany who's been on before, but talked about in Germany, they don't have access to that kind of data. It's all behind kind of a paywall or it was mentioned only meteorologists have access to it. Um, so it, it is definitely a privilege that we do have access to all that information, but Same it comes down. It, okay. And in Canada. So, mm -hmm. so I guess the question becomes if, if we all believe that, Hey, that information should be available and it's good for everybody to have. So what is the action we take with those that aren't using it appropriately? That's got to then be the answer or the question. I don't think there's anything we can I mean, do. And that's, that could be almost anything, you know, it's not the data's fault. It's <laughs> who interprets it. I mean, it's, you know, it's just like with everything with, I mean, this is ultimately a messaging thing. And when it comes to yep. messaging, uh, I mean, you just got to be blunt about it. You got to say X, Y, Z is a freaking moron. And this has no chance of happening. I mean, <laughs> you just do, you just, do. Cool. You, ju you just literally have mm -hmm. to say that th this is completely bogus forecast. There is no way this is happening when it is a forecast that has no chance. Now you don't want to do that. And then that happens. So you, yeah. I mean, so so you got to make <laughs> yeah. you better make sure it is a ridiculous forecast before you do that. But I think I think honestly, like legit people, you have to do that. And then you, I mean, and when they're wrong, you have to follow up. I did that with this one guy. I was I had a lot of fun with uh, that on Thanksgiving. Was posting my preparations for the epic snowstorm all day long, oh, even though really? it was eighty degrees. <laughs> so I, I was doing. I went through the whole pace, posted videos. Uh, that sounds like. Chris, that sounds like trolling. That's what that it, it is. Like. But you got you got to do stuff like that, and then you got to say, "Oh wait, what are you talking about? There's not a snowstorm, but this page said there would be one. Are you telling me they're not credible?" And so I you think, know, I think I think on social media anyway is is that anecdotally we can all point to somebody in that at some point has been in our timeline that we no longer actually pay attention to, mm -hmm. right? So. I think we're we're you know, whatever you want to call it, but we're already walking away from those people. But you know, I guess some of it slips through. Yeah. Well. Well. What the the big problem is is these are usually social media driven pages too, and when they're wrong, they don't see a they don't see a downside to it. They see their like count continues to be the same. They reach the same amount of people, so they can then go to advertisers or whatever, and you know, do whatever they do, sell whatever they're selling. So. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're, they're, the marketplace has to eventually uh, went out in that regard. But I don't, I don't know. I just think that in terms of the information being free, I think that's fine. I just think that if you are really concerned about this, you have to work on the messaging and education side of it because that's the only. You have to have a more savvy end user of information, and that's mm -hmm. a much larger discussion, not only of weather information but information period, because it's all 
running into the same problem. There's so much information. People don't actually know how to critically think, break down, and figure out what message is legit or not. And that goes beyond weather right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much information out there about everything. It's hard to keep straight. That's true. Well, I'll tell Chris, you what. What are you getting at, Chris? What are you getting at? <laughs> he's not. Yeah, I know. He's like dancing around the topic a little bit, isn't he? All right. So, hey, we want all of our uh, listeners and viewers, hey, let us know what you guys think on the subject. Uh, email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook and tag us your thoughts so we can share that on our next show. Um, I do want to bring this out. Stormfront Freaks podcast listeners, if you are interested in helping out our show, we're looking for an intern who would be involved in creating a marketing and social media campaign, being our guest booking liaison, and also recording a possible educational segment for each episode. If you feel you're interested, send an email by January 15th to Phil at stormfrontfreaks.com. Again, that's phil at stormfrontfreaks.com, and we'll follow up with you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take our final break. The rest of you can refill your drinks. And when we come back, it's time for some great WX resources and our throw them under the bus, Chris Sanner, weather fool. Hey, I'm Tom Nizzle, winter weather expert at the Weather Channel, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It is time now for weather resources. And this is when we share any good, you know, website or maybe even somebody you're following on Twitter that you think has some good weather information or maybe um, maybe something you can learn about the weather. So this is the time we share it. And uh, we have a couple people who have it tonight. Someone who wants to share is Dina. And she wants to share one of her weather resources. And Dina, what do you have for us? All right, let me share my screen. Mine's from Aviation Weather Center. Um, it's www.aviationweather.gov. And if you do forward slash METAR, you kind of get all the station model plots across the country. And I kind of like this because you can kind of zoom in and look at a certain place, a certain city. Like you can go up to Minneapolis and see that it's 11 degrees. Or you can go down to Atlanta and see that it's 40 and you can see the wind. And I kind of like this. Just This is great for like fronts and temperatures. You can see the dew points and everything. And um, I think it's kind of fun for a, especially a meteorologist be, just beginning. Um, they can kind of. Oh, you know, yeah. like, like it's, it it's is. a real clean way to look at that stuff. Mm -hmm. It is, and it's nice and clear. It's not like the old days where it got printed off in a really bad printer, and you could barely read the numbers. <laughs> like oh back when gosh. I went to school, it was really <laughs> bad. Try to find the front. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of fun. It's like, especially for like somebody who's just going to school and they want to learn something. So I, I kind of like it. Yeah, that's cool. I love it. Okay, so we'll have that one available for you guys. Now let's move on to Chris. He's got one for us as well. Okay, so mine, I'm sharing my screen. This is weather.us. I have no idea if anybody else has done this yet. But this is a brand new modeling website. This is actually the Euro model, and the European model is free of charge on this website to everybody. You can click on a state and zoom in. You can see, so you can do that. You can even get county level data. That'll be really helpful when for the HRRR. There's my home county from the old days, Stevens County mm -hmm. in Oklahoma. but. So basically, this this 
website, great interface. It's only getting better. Also, other than that, it also has radar, lightning data, radar with archive back to night. Wow, that's all free. It's yeah. all free. Nice. It's How far out does the Euro go? How far? Uh, out? Ten days, full ten okay. days. Wow. Full ten days, full suite of models. As you can see, our preset for the next ten days here in Oklahoma looks very, very uh, dry. So uh, yeah, so oh. it's a great website. It's probably my new favorite thing to uh, use for weather I stuff. I so, Greg, writing that down right now. I'm definitely. Yeah, I did write it down. <laughs> I'm bookmarking yeah. that one. Yeah, I've got that. That's an awesome free. One. Oh, yeah, you had me at free. Yeah, yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, free. I mean, it really is. It's an incredible, incredible website. Uh, Ryan Maui is one of the guys behind it. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, that. awesome. All right, thanks, Chris and Greg. Do you have one for us? Yeah, in, in keeping with the Canadian theme, if you guys are uh, sure. uh, imagine that there's a place above the 49th parallel i know that sounds crazy but if you go <laughs> above minnesota above north dakota there's this place called canada and we actually have something called the prairie arctic storm prediction center and uh they have a website uh through the university of manitoba uh umanitoba.ca slash environment and when you go there you can actually uh pull up a day one and a day two outlook for severe thunderstorms during storm season so for those of us that uh, are uh, chasing up north here, we we use that all the time, eh? That's all perfect. Right. <laughs> That's I love it. All right, great. Anybody else? Or is that it? I think, I think that's, that's it. it. All right, guys, just know that uh, you can actually, after um, the show is over, you can actually go to stormfrontfreaks.com and just go to episode 43 uh, to the show notes, and you can actually see where all of these sites are or these websites are that you can go to and uh, check them out yourself. Perfect. All right. Great job, guys. Let's uh, let's check out our Weather Fools this episode. Dina, what do we have? Okay. So the Weather Fools is one of my favorite parts of the show because you really get a chance to just, you know, make fun of people when they do stupid <laughs> make fun stuff. Of <laughs> you know, my, my whole thing is like, hashtag don't do stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. nowadays everybody has a four, almost a 4K uh, camera on their phone everything's on video so you know don't do stupid stuff all right so i know kim has one right i do and uh let's see if i can make this happen okay there. do you see it oh there we go oh okay all right what you're seeing is you're seeing somebody this is in um erie pennsylvania by the way 63 inches of snow they broke all kinds of records and this guy is running He's making a running start and he's just jumping into what five feet of snow. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, and I know that sounds fun. It sounds great. Now he's having a blast. Everybody's laughing a good time, but I'm not kidding when I I've told when I tell you this that I actually know somebody who did this and got impaled <gasps> because there was something sticking up under the oh ground, under the snow. Oh my god. So to me. If you're going to do this, you've got to make sure that you absolutely know there is nothing sticking up underneath that snow. It is so dangerous. 
It's awful. It's awful. Where, where did he get I thought pale? maybe you were going to say he went under so much oh. snow that it covered him and he couldn't breathe. Yeah. At oh, first, no. I, like, no, hey, I, I remembered college at a blizzard up in Duluth. I jumped out of a two story window down into the snow. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, it was, were you it drunk? was fun. But was it, drunk Phil? it was drunk, Phil, wasn't it? Uh, it was man. the day it was after drunk Phil. Drunk Phil. I'm, I'm just yeah. going to say that that took a dark turn that I was not expecting. It, yes. And this, <laughs> this actually, when I was stationed in Germany and he jumped off the roof similar oh, and yep. got impaled where the sun doesn't shine so oh, no. oh, yes. that's not the way you want to go yes oh. yes so this is when i see somebody do this it my heart oh. just i just want to oh, go oh please don't do oh, it don't God. jump into snow <laughs> you don't it's like it's like don't drive through the water when you don't know how deep the water is don't jump into the snow when you don't know what's under it <laughs> how's that yep. okay. okay that's my weather full okay all right, so Chris, you have a weather pool, right? Yes, I do, in fact. Okay, I'm going to screen share again. I'm going to describe what I'm doing as well. I just loaded up Google Maps, okay? Okay. This is my weather pool of the day. Uh, it, it, for the podcast listeners, you can't see this, but imagine a map of the United States. Now picture all those states that are in the northern half, then picture that beautiful land above it called Canada. Now I'm <laughs> going to tell you something. You are a literal weather, weather fool if you are living in those places right now because it is terribly cold. Get south now. Drive south. Get to warm air. I promise it's going to be okay. It's Oh, it's bad. They're not coming out till spring. Oh, it's bad. Oh, God. Yeah, how cold did you say it was, Greg? What's it at right now? Uh, in the 40s, in minus 40s, that is. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. That, no, that's literally not, not that's not survivable you know we call it that, not is, survivable that no, is not you, survivable you you people will lose limbs and and you can die in minutes up here yeah. in, in god what's your oh, heating yeah. bill like yeah that really heat, you know what the whole global warming thing and like you know watching how you consume energy that goes out the window in December and January. Oh, I bet. Stay oh warm. We leave oh our vehicles. We leave our vehicles running at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to go out in that cold and steal it anyway. Shoot. Oh God. I wouldn't even go to the mall. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I have one more, and this is so funny. All right. So this is perfect in the cold weather, and I don't like making fun of women. But this is just too funny because she picked the wrong shoes. Oh, I walk see. Walk on ice down a hill. So Those big, like high heel platform shoes. Yeah, they kind white, of look like white platform. Yeah, they remind me of like a pair of seventies high heels. God, yeah. Greg's got a pair just like that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but she's trying to get down this little incline of a hill. Oh no! In oh. these big, huge shoes. And she just can't do it. And, you know, of course, no, who's ever taken the video didn't want to help her. They want to see her go down on her face. Oh, but my I, gosh. It just, it just makes me laugh because, come on, you know what? You know what's going on outside? Why wear better shoes? I, I love the title of that video was something like stupid girl trying to walk on ice or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I hate to make fun of women, especially for their shit. It's come on. Come on. Well, that could have been it, the shoes could have been worse. That could have been those real skinny little, you know, the heel. Could they were open toed or you know, they could have been, like worse. Could have been worse. or something. Give her some credit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. There's a little bit of part of me that was hoping she was gonna bite it 
I know. Just to watch. Just to watch it. But yeah, you just have to watch someone. So part she of that. did good. She did pretty good. Yeah, if you guys want to watch these, these are all on um on our show notes for stormfrontfreaks.com episode 43. Just check out the uh show notes. Very good. Okay. Hey, I'm going to, uh, we got some listener comments and uh, tweets uh, coming up here. One I'm going to share with you is from Twitter from Rob H commented, Hey, I'm 30 minutes into this episode and have to rewind to listen to Jeff Petrowski tell that story again. Uh, So Rob, thanks for sharing that. Uh, We also had uh, our five weeks of Christmas with, which finished uh, the uh, right leading right up to Christmas, we had a lot of uh, giveaways that we gave away on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, one was uh, given away to, and do I have a name? I don't know if I've got a name. Anyway, uh, said, "Hey guys, sorry I'm late about posting this. Just wanted to say thank you for the Sanjian MMR88 weather alert radio oh, good. Uh, that you gave away during your five weeks of Christmas. It is totally awesome." And I even got the chance to bring it to the hunting club with me this week, as you can see from the pic. So he sent a um, picture oh, of him holding, oh, nice. up, holding up the radio. Oh, we got to bring it to the hunting club. Off the top of my head, uh, off the top of my head I, I'm trying to re- – I can't think of – I think uh, I remember you tweeting that out, though. I did. I did. You I did. Just, I remember it. It didn't get printed out. Now I can't remember. who. Anyway, it says – and if I may throw a little plug in there for you, um, I'd like all my – Invite all my friends and family take the time to give a listen to your podcast every other Thursday on their favorite podcast app. He said, uh, these guys and lovely ladies have a lot of fun on the show. They share a lot of knowledge from Brady Storm School, Chris Sanders, <laughs> to Weather Resources and Weather Fools. So Great, thanks. Thanks again and Merry Christmas. So Nice. Oh, nice. Merry Christmas. Happy that. New Year. Yeah. Christmas. And then the last last one uh, was from Twitter. There's uh, a comment. There's actually a thread. This this started a, a conversation. This was from Aaron from at ISU Smiley. Commented, hey, just listen to episode 41 with uh, – we had uh, Dan Robinson was on the show, Storm Chaser. He said – and I have some questions about your uh, stat that icy roads are the number one weather hazard facing people. Uh, she initially said your data is not based on any reputable source. Uh, and it started a, a, a thread between uh, her and Dan. And Dan was just commenting on uh, he, he runs a, a website as well that uh, talks about icy road conditions, things like that, a great educational site. And so we used some stats from his website, and he talked about where he got those stats, which was reputable. I think there was some conversation on is there more or better data now out there? Uh, and Dan was you know, polite enough to go, hey, yep, I'm always open to get better data and to include more stuff. And so they had a good conversation back and forth about that. But I definitely just wanted to point out and thank Aaron for uh, you know, commenting and, and giving her two cents worth as well. So... Yeah. Thanks everybody Thanks for listening, Aaron. So that uh, I think that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Uh, we want to want you guys please take the time uh, to leave us a great review on your podcast app so others like yourself can find us. We also want to uh, give a special thanks to our guest tonight, uh, Greg Johnson. Greg, thanks a lot thanks, for, Greg. for yeah, coming thanks, on. Greg. This, is, yeah. this is a lot of fun. Wish you all the best up there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we're going to need it over the next few weeks. <laughs> Good luck and stay alive. <laughs> stay alive. Come south. Come right, south. Stay alive. Our next episode in two weeks, 
begins season 3.0 and we'll be recording on january 11th with none other than abc's good morning america chief meteorologist ginger z uh if you'd like to yeah should be a good time if you'd like to watch the recording live make note that it will be at a special time this also goes for our uh, co-hosts here we'll be at a special time on january 11th at uh, six o'clock eastern 5 p.m central so we're going to record a little bit earlier because she's got obviously a, a little bit earlier schedule but yeah. be sure to click subscribe on your podcast app to be notified when it's available so just make make sure you're subscribing to the show so you get that all right anybody got anything else nope. we'll uh we'll close this up so for chris and Kim and Dina and uh, Greg, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. And we can't wait to catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.